man has to rule another. You cannot get rid of tyranny by fighting tyrants. For a very good reason. Tyranny doesn't exist independently of something else, which is more important. There is a something else which has to be defined before you know what tyranny is. What's that? It's opposite. Prison. Get a friend. Get informed. And get involved. We are not cattle radio. And good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live, literally and figuratively, from home of the Walking Dead, Sonoya, Georgia. It is the 11th day of May 2016, and we will be here running a special edition of the show this evening, having the opportunity to speak with the producer and director of the documentary film Vaxxed, which I have been so blessed to be a part of, of being able to bring this film here to um, to Georgia, along with uh, a couple of um, longtime activist friends of mine. So um, our our journey has actually come full circle, uh, and it's very surreal for me. I've studied um, Andrew Wakefield's. I've studied his um, his story for quite a while, so we'll be bringing him on here in a little bit. And it looks like we have um, one of uh, the people that was <laughs> – oh, man, I guess Skype wants you to have Skype credits. So uh, anyway, I'm going to bring up um, – hopefully this is uh, one of my friends here, Tia, and we're going to just do a brief synopsis of how we were able to get the film here, how she and I were connected, and all of this stuff coming full circle. And then we will get into our guest. Um, we'll have Dr. Andrew Wakefield and Bill Del Bigtree uh, joining us on the show tonight. So the format for the show, everyone, is this is a 30-minute show. We're going to um, – we will take your calls if you'd like to call in towards the end of the podcast. Uh, we're going to save uh, five or ten minutes if we get some people queued up with some questions. Or feel free to go to our Facebook page of Vaxed Atlanta, and you can post some questions there. I've got both windows up, so we'll be able to run that as well. So I believe that this is Tia here. Uh, Tia, is this you? Hi, can you hear me? I can. Thank you so much for joining us. So um, just just so everybody knows who you are, um, give a, a brief background of um, who you are, introduce yourself, um, what your role was in bringing this documentary to Atlanta, and then um, we will we'll discuss how you and I got connected. Yes, thank, um, sure. Thank you uh, so much, Jake, for for doing this show and for doing what you're doing because uh, we live in a time where the media is um, not telling us the things that uh, are true, and it takes people like you with uh, you know with your independent podcast and um, uh, and and others like you to really get the truth out there. So I wanted to. I just wanted to kind of acknowledge um, what you're doing and the, the the value of what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. So, um, so thank you. And yes, I am a mother and uh, an activist, an advocate. I guess is a better word. Mm-hmm. Uh, of a, I'm a child who has autism. He is nine years old, and like many other parents out there with children with autism. I, um, you know, believe that vaccines played a role in, in his in his autism. 
He mm-hmm. had four vaccines that all all of them were before he was six months old. So I can't point to a specific um, injury event where he regressed because children who are under six months of age have not hit milestones. So there's mm-hmm. no way to know for sure, you know, that he had developed certain skills and then lost them. Right. So luckily, luckily, I stopped. I was very fortunate uh, that I worked with uh, Bill Schindler at the Hyperbaric Clinic and uh, happened to be there when a very forward-thinking pediatrician, my, um, Dr. Julie Buckley, was our medical director at the time for autism, and she said, uh, I hope you're not vaccinating that baby. This was when he was about six months old. And I said, you know, I have given him a few vaccines. And she said, stop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, thank gosh, you know, thank God uh, she, she, she told me and, uh, and I stopped because I know if he had gotten all of the vaccines on the CDC schedule that he would be severe. And I mm-hmm. thank God he, he didn't get the MMR and I stopped before then, but he did get hep B, uh, the flu shot, the meningococcal, meningin, I don't even know how to say it, but um, yeah, that and the hip. Just working some technical stuff out, Tia. So, um, yeah, Del, I, I see you, so you are connected. We're just waiting on uh, on, on Andy now. So sorry to interrupt you, Tia. Go, so continue really quick, and then okay. we'll, we should have everybody connected in a second. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so uh, just continuing, I'm, I'm really grateful that we stopped vaccinating when we did. But um, but we did give him vaccines, and he does have autism. So I am, I guess, what you would call, um, you know, been called uh, anti-vaccine, right. which is really upsetting and distressful because I did not start out as an anti-vaccine parent. My daughter, who is 26, she got all of her vaccines. Mm-hmm. She's had issues, you know, with um, allergies and asthma and ADD and OCD and um multiple chemical sensitivities and she had social issues her whole life but I never put my finger on the vaccine. Right. But by the time my son was born, I had been hearing. I had heard warnings. I you know, it was it was something that was there and I was questioning. I thought the boogeyman though was mercury, uh the thimerosal. That's what I had right. heard. And also the other boogeyman that I thought um was the multi shot. So I thought, you know, if, uh, if I don't give him thimerosal-containing shots right. and right. I spread it out so that they're not, like, giving him four or five or six or even nine vaccines at once, then he'll be okay. Right. And the doctor, the pediatrician that I was going to was very good at convincing me that he needed these, he needed these vaccines. Um, but, um, you know, luckily I stopped. Like I said, luckily I stopped. But I, I am in a unique position at working at the Hyperbaric Clinic. We see a lot of kids with autism that come in, and I have had, you know, over the years met many, many, many parents with children who's, with, they're so severe. They're right. so severe. And it, it seems like it almost corresponds with the number of, let's say, environmental assaults that the child has received. So, you know, multiple doses of vaccines at once, multiple, you know, 
shot over the course of their life or living close to a, you know, because we know that it's environmental toxins. Don't It's not just vaccines. So right. if there's other environmental assaults, the more these children have these environmental assaults, the worse they are. And, I mean, I've seen these children that are so, like, 16 years old and still in diapers and, and, and banging their head until it's got a huge welt on it. Right. So when I saw this story come out with the whistleblower, right. I was like, oh, my God. And no news was picking it up. I was like, what is going on here? And, and, yeah. and then when Posey came forward and he was saying, I've interviewed the whistleblower, and it was like crickets with the media. I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? And instead right. we're hearing about, like, measles at Disneyland. Um, and right. so we're like, okay. And then when I heard that, I was so excited. Yeah, you reached, out first, you reached out to oh, me right away. It was great. It was great. I do appreciate that. I was like, yes, finally, finally, something that will change the narrative. Something to finally change the narrative. And the first weekend when it was out was when I started organizing here in Atlanta. The weekend that it opened in New York at the Angelica was the day, that same day, I set up the Facebook group, Vax Atlanta, and started, like, I mean, I was, I don't care, I'm going to make this happen, I don't care how I have to make this happen. No, uh, but. This is where the CDC is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the conversations that we had. It was it was uh, it was intense. I mean, we were having them late night. We were having them over the phone. We were having them over Messenger. And um, what I think is this signifies that um, that the big media can't it can't keep the information down for forever. It's starting to lose its power. Uh, they can still run demonization campaigns. I have Dell on the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna get his thoughts. And T, I'm gonna put you on hold so we can reconnect um, at the end of the show. Because I do want to tell our story about how you and I connected, but um, let me see if I can pull up Dell real quick here. Uh, welcome to live radio, everyone. Dell, are you on the line? Do you have us? I'm here. Can you? I'm here. Can you hear me? I I can. Um, first of all, uh, very honored to meet you. Uh, and what would you what would you say to the statement that I just made about the 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 media not being able to to really still steer the narrative that we can now have alternative means in order to promote um, great uh, groundbreaking informational films like yours. Well, I'll say this. I think all we have is alternative means. I mean, what this movie has proved and the experience we've had in being censored, kicked out of Tribeca festival, kicked out of the uh, uh, world fest in Houston and then uh, all of these newspapers and all of these news stations writing negative reviews of a film they had never seen and telling people to not go see the film. Um, you know, and then if you look at the story, just as Tia was saying, we have a whistleblower from the CDC, one of our top health agencies in the world. One of our own scientists, Dr. William Thompson, steps forward and says, we're committing fraud in here. We threw out data. We manipulated data. We kicked kids off of a study, all science, just scientific fraud left and right on this MMR study, meaning that the MMR is putting children in harm's way and it can be causally linked to autism. And not a single newspaper, not a single news station, or at least mainstream, thought that was a story. That is, I think, the, one of the more terrifying parts of this whole story is where is the media? If you think about Thomas Jefferson said, if you don't have free media – you will not have a democracy. That right. it's the job of media to to hold 
the government's feet to the fire and industry. We, you know, as journalists, we are here to always test and question the status quo. We are supposed to never be afraid of uncomfortable discussions. That's what our job is. And you're right. And the entire mainstream news media has failed the American public. Uh, they're bought out. They're, they're sponsor-driven now. They're owned by those, those pharmaceutical ads with those ridiculous ticker tapes of side effects. We oh, all yeah. sit there and laugh, but it's no laughing matter. Those ads are paying for our news. They're paying the salaries of the news, which means they're deciding what the news is. So without people like you, without alternative media, we'd really be hosed. But we're not. You know, you can the, – the power of Vax, it, it's mostly happening in the alternative world, and it's fantastic to see it, you know. And, and, and I really appreciate you having us on because, Jake, it's journalists like you that are, that are going to save this country because our news media is not going to do it for us. Well, and that's a, that's a extremely good point because looking at um, – I did a lot of research. I, I I knew who Andy Wakefield was. I I knew that the the demonization campaign that they ran against him and saying that his study was debunked, and then it comes out that his um, the gentleman that co-authored the paper is now exonerated and has his license reinstated. So all of these things that we knew, if you dug into the actual story, like you're saying, being a real journalist and and being a real sleuth for the information. Digging into it, and um, one of my taglines for my podcast is rising above the rhetoric, because that's what it is. We get rhetoric from the mainstream media. What I saw tonight as I was watching interviews that you've done in the past, um, recent interviews, I stumbled across the interview. uh, I don't even want to call it an interview. The hit piece that ABC News ran against you and the entire Vax um, documentary. And kudos to you or whoever was filming it on the iPhone. But when I saw how they took it all out of context, where you were laying it out very succinctly and almost shaming the media, because they should be shamed. They're not doing their job. Uh, the, the whole reason for news, as, as you well know, if you researched it, news was never supposed to be commercialized. It was supposed to be 30 minutes a night no commercials, no nothing, and then we got into corporate media, cable media, and now, like you said, it's all bought and paid for. But how did it feel getting involved in this film? What were your reactions when when you started seeing this film get pulled? Well, you know, in, in some ways, we, we were nervous about that happening from the beginning. I mean, there, you don't get involved with this topic without the knowledge that um, – Really, the entire nation has been hoodwinked. And, and the beauty of this topic is everyone has opinion. This is one of those, you know, when it comes to vaccines, whether you have education on it or not, everyone seems to have a very strong opinion about it. So it's a great subject for a documentary and a movie because you know that there's, it's going to create discussion. But getting kicked out, you know, once, you know, when we get kicked out of Tribeca, I mean, as a filmmaker, that's a terrible moment. And for me, that had put my entire career on the line for the film, I'll admit the moment I was watching the television, I had gotten a call about five minutes before I saw it announced on TV, uh, and I heard that they were pulling the film um, that we'd been working on for months with Tribeca. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a moment where I thought, there goes my career. But then five minutes after that, you go, you know what? Now I have nothing to lose, and this is still the most important story in the world. 
So let's go out and maybe harder than we thought, and let's 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 get the word out there. But luckily, you know, really it backfired. The, the pharmaceutical industry cracking down on Tribeca, intimidating to the place where they they basically dragged Robert De Niro out in Times Square. I think humiliated him. This is a man that stood up, said he believed in the film, let the right. world know he too had an autistic child. He bared his soul, and then they just took him and really shamed him in public. It was a horrible moment, and I think in his interview since then, you can see that in his eyes. You can feel his passion now saying, I might have made a mistake here, but one thing's for sure, people need to see this film. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the end, it only took a few days before we realized that this may have been the best thing that ever happened to us, because by this, the, the suppression and the censorship of our film just made it the biggest story, you know, in the world. And that, you know, three days after we were kicked out of the festival, I think we were the top trending story on Facebook in the United States. And then a day or two later, top trending, one of the top trending stories in the world. Uh, So it backfired. The pharmaceutical industry tried to shut us down. And I think the American people especially don't like being told what to say, what to think, what to do. And all they really did by censoring us and doing that was just raise everyone's curiosity, which is what is in that film? What could possibly be in there that we're not being allowed to see? I mean, we've seen films that basically say the president of the United States bombed the World Trade Center. That played Mm. in almost every festival in the world, every theater in the world without a hitch. What is it about this film that has them so afraid? It's because it is so powerful and it has so much. It's just pure facts. They, they've lied they've, in the reviews of our film. It's, I've never seen anything like it where we're literally getting reviewed by people that aren't watching our movie saying it's right. about Andy Wakefield. It's an anti-vaccine film. You shouldn't see this. This is an old story. Uh, all not true. This is a very real story, a very new story. We have a brand new witness in Dr. William Thompson at the CDC who's bravely come forward, risked his career and his legacy to say, me and four other scientists committed fraud on the MMR study, and every time I see an autistic child, I feel guilty because I feel like it's my fault. Those types of statements, people need to see that. People need to see what this man had to say, and they need to see the documents and the proof and the internal emails he's handed us. This film is powerful. It is going to affect you. I assure you, you will not be the same person after you see it. And that's why the pharmaceutical industry is trying to make sure that you do not. Well, that's what's so interesting is that now we're starting to see with the rise of alternative media and alternative sources of information – Basically, the media created a Streisand effect when they tried to suppress the film, because just like you said, they have this, they have this delusion that they can still control the narrative, and and with the access to social media, it doesn't even need to be social media, just networks of people coming together. I mean, look at the way that I met Tia. I met Tia um, a couple of years back, and I walked into a hyperbaric um, therapy center, and I had no idea what I was walking into. I was trying to change the world via trying to get more people involved in, in voting, and so I was there to talk to the owner, so I ended up talking to Bill, and we sat down for a few minutes, and he shows me um, all the people that he's treated, and, I, and they were all athletes, and I was very I was very impressed, but then what got me, Dell, is he brought out binders and i'm not talking the little three ring i'm talking the five ring binders and he had seven or eight of these and he's flipping through showing me pictures he goes these are all vaccine damaged kids these are who we're treating 
And that for me was so powerful that I had to start researching this topic. I had to get involved with it. And Tia and I stayed in contact for the last couple of years. So that was my awakening. What was what was your experience like? How did you experience your awakening to this topic? Well, I'll tell you, it, it really was something that took place over time. I mean, I was a producer on a daytime talk show with the doctors for six years. And over the years, people write into the show all the time wanting to tell their story. And many, many parents were submitting to me saying, you need to tell my story. My child got the MMR vaccine and then immediately had a fever, had seizures, lost the ability to walk, lost the ability to talk. I know for sure that the vaccine caused my child's autism and the world needs to know this. Uh, you know, that, but that sort of that story has just been written off and in the media, we can't go near it. And I just kept thinking, there's got to be something to this. There's too many parents all saying the same thing. I mean, they'll say correlation is not causation or, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just coincidence that right. uh, the vaccine happened at the same time their child's autism developed. You know, coincidence is two people, three people, maybe five, ten, you got to start questioning it. A thousand, you really, really need to start questioning it. Ten thousand, hundreds of thousands of parents saying the same thing. Come right. on. I mean, right. my mind, just as a journalist, I, and you meet these people, and you know as a journalist, you know when someone's telling the truth. These are not crazy people. These are not delusional parents. They are very clear and lucid when they are telling their stories. And as a parent, I know they're telling the truth because the, the story for the medical community is, oh, they just didn't recognize that their child wasn't developing properly. Not true. That's right. not true. Their own doctors, they can show you papers where their doctors are saying developing perfectly normally, has 100 words in their vocabulary, running around. And then days after the vaccine, has no vocabulary, can't walk anymore, stares, pounds their head against the wall. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. We, you know, four brake pedals stick in, in Toyotas, and we recall every car. I just right. saw there's a piece of plastic in a Snickers bar two weeks ago, and they recalled hundreds of millions of Snickers bars. We have hundreds of thousands of parents all pointed to a vaccine and saying right after this, my child lost all of the abilities they developed in the first year of life. And somehow we've allowed the financial institution, the pharmaceutical industry behind this to lie to the world and continue to, to, to put out this, this defective product that's destroying the lives of countless children on an exponential curve. It's getting worse and worse and worse. We've gone from one in 10,000 children in, mm -hmm. in 1970s to one in 45 children now. And when you talk to specialists, they're like, it's really, Dell. it's more like one in 25 children born right now are going to end up on the autism spectrum. At what point are we going to allow the pharmaceutical industry and the, and, and the CDC, who's supposed to be protecting us from uh, companies like Merck, that we know have put out products like Vioxx that killed right. 50,000 people before they admitted, you know what, we knew in our own studies that mm -hmm. this drug caused heart attacks. This is a company known for knowingly destroying the lives of adults. Why is it so hard for people in America to recognize that this same company is putting out the MMR and it's destroying the lives of millions of children? So when we, uh, we've got just a couple minutes left with you and uh, we do appreciate the time and, and more importantly, we're excited to have 
somebody of, of your stature and your integrity on, on our side uh, coming with a bigger megaphone. Obviously, we, we have our little megaphones, and, and we can chain those together to make a loud noise. But when somebody that comes with your your credentials and, and stands behind this film and, and somebody like a Bob De Niro, and, and they put their names, like you're saying, they're putting their names and reputation, you're doing the same thing. And and it it has to get people to take notice. So with the last few minutes that we have here, um, the way that I understand the film, because I haven't seen it yet, but I will go see it this weekend, this is not an anti-vax film. This is more along the factual basis of the of the whistleblower. And how does it build to a crescendo when you're saying that the film is powerful? What what are people going to think when they when they walk away from this film? We've had doctors now. People are bringing their doctors and pediatricians to the film, kicking and screaming. That's great. And every one of them comes up to the comes up to me after the movie, and says, "I will admit I came um, against my will, and I am so thankful you made this movie. I'm enraged. I'm angry with myself." One doctor said, "I'm going to have to get a therapist." Wow. In order to work through the fact that I have not done my job. I have ignored the stories of so many people, and I have possibly hurt countless children. I don't even know how to come to terms with that right now. This movie is extremely powerful. I can't wait for you to see it. It's not, you know, not only do we have the testimony from the whistleblower that's been recorded by phone, we have all of the documents he's provided, and it's laid out very clearly so you can understand the science. We mm-hmm. also interweave it with the real-life stories of parents that have gone through this issue. You watch videos of a child walking, then days later, same video, you can see the, the, the time code in the corner of the screen. Three days later, and the kid just keeps falling over and can't stand up anymore. And, it, you know, I'm going to tell you, it is extremely powerful. The, the review I keep hearing is people say, I cried, and then I got angry as hell. And that's <laughs> what this film does. It's extremely powerful. It is not the feel-good movie of the year. This, is, this story is going to make Watergate look like a nursery game. We are talking about a government cover-up. It is, it's intriguing. It's terrifying. But a government cover-up, a collusion with the pharmaceutical industry that is destroying the lives of countless children in America. This story, everyone needs to see it, and it is going to be shocking because really what it is, it's the most egregious example we've, we've seen yet of this corporate takeover of government. We've seen it in our banking. We've seen it in the energy sector. We've seen it you know, in the military-industrial complex. But we have never seen the government go against the will of the people for a lobbyist or for a lobby group. We've mm-hmm. never seen this where it's destroying children, knowingly destroying the minds of children every day, every seven minutes a child is being diagnosed with autism. This year alone, one over 100,000 children born will end up on the autism spectrum. We are building cities of autistic children that are going to end up being autistic adults. And at $5 million, what the CDC claims it costs to raise one of these children, Mm -hmm. this is not only going to destroy the health of this country, it's going to bankrupt this nation. It's going to bankrupt our insurance, and then it's going to bankrupt the rest of the nation. And we will see an end to the great America we once knew. And all we want 
is to get this out of the hands of the CDC. All we want is safe, healthy vaccines for every single child. That's our wish. We want vaccines tested exactly like pharmaceutical drugs are. They've been put in a different category. They're getting a free ride without safety testing. And then they're going straight into our babies and destroying their lives. That can't happen anymore. The CDC has failed the public. Now we need to create create a totally independent testing body, firewalled against the industry itself. And we need to start looking at all of these vaccines. And looking at can they be mixed together the way they are? Is that causing the problem? Is it mercury? Is it aluminum? Is it multiple viruses at one time? We don't have decent answers to any of this because the CDC is failing us. Right. So uh, this is, uh, once again, we're almost out of time. So how do people, uh, I, I reach people all across the country. So um, how do people in their local communities try to try to promote the film and get it to come to their area? The truth is, is just go on our website, com. If it's not in your area, call your friends where it is in their area and say, go see that film in that theater, because every night we fill a theater and we're, we're, we're going to sold out audiences everywhere we go. Every day we're picking up more and more cities because the success of the film is what is making it grow. It's a different model than most people are used to. We didn't come in with money. The people are making this happen. Yesterday we picked up seven more cities. And all I can say is get on our mailing list, join our mailing list so that you know when we're coming to you because we are coming to a theater near you. Absolutely awesome. So. Wake up, Atlanteans. It is time for us to go and do our civic duty, and that is to participate and support free and independent media and also support great filmmakers like Del Bigtree here. Del, thank you so much for the time. Uh, hopefully, I will get to are, – are you going to be coming to Atlanta personally, or are you guys um, – I am. I'm, I'm here right now. We're going to be here both uh, Friday and Saturday night doing uh, – Polly and I will be here doing uh, Q&As with my co-producer and one of the mothers in the film – uh, we're going to be doing Q&As uh, both Friday and Saturday night uh, at the theater here in Atlanta. So come by, say hi, and, uh, and and check out the film. There you go, guys. So you will actually get to meet the producer in the flesh, share your story with him, shake his hand, um, and and support, uh, once again, free and independent media. Um, Del, hopefully I'll get to, to meet you in person over the next couple of days, and we greatly appreciate your time. And, and thanks so much for making this great film. and and trying to raise awareness of a topic that uh, that really does need to be discussed. You bet. Thank you, Jake. You're the ones making the difference. You're telling the story. You're telling the truth. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye. All right. There he goes, everyone. So um, we are just about out of time. Um, Tia? Yeah. He's a, pretty, he's a pretty good promoter. That guy's That guy's rock solid. Oh. I love it. Oh, I got to tell you something. I got to meet him uh, at the summit last month, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, he's he's pretty powerful and uh, real. I mean, very genuine. Like what you just heard. Yep. Uh, every every interview I've seen, every um, every Q and A session that I've watched on Periscope, he yep. is is he's so on message. He's so sincere. He's so genuine. There is nothing, um, there is nothing insincere or disingenuous about Del Bigtree. He is exactly what he appears to be, and That's I awesome. just really am. You know, it, it took someone like him 
to to take this film to the the level that it's at right now, and I'm just so grateful. And by the way, I wanted to say regarding the shows that are coming up. Yep. I ju- it was just brought to my attention a little over an hour ago that the theater has added two additional show times per day. Excellent. For this week that's coming. They, they were originally going to run four shows. Uh, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 9.25. And uh, I just got word that they have added a 12 o'clock and a 4 o'clock screening, which means that they are playing it on two screens, which means it can only mean one thing, right? The demand to see this film in Atlanta is huge. And as it should be, because this is the home of the CDC. I hope every doctor in Atlanta has been approached by one of their patients or by someone, uh, one of their colleagues that's awakened. I hope that uh, that parents are uh, talking to their, their sons, their, their children's teachers and their, their and my, you know, therapists and, and neighbors. I hope that more people like myself are having conversations with their pastor so I went and spoke with my pastor about this because the, right. the Christian church has really let us down when it comes to taking a stand against this. And I just hope that there's those kind of conversations taking place not only across Atlanta and Georgia, but across the country. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're in some far-flung part of the country, you know, you have a representative in Congress. You have a senator that represents you in, con- in, in Congress. You can go on, um, put this in the comments, but you can go to openstates.org yeah. mm-hmm. to find out who your state legislators are. Oh, yeah. I've got and, I've got to think. I used to post it all the time so people would quit making excuses about not contacting their representative. There's places, you know, so, there, so if you'll add to the comments on this, um, um, if you can add, the two different websites. There's one for the federal and one for the state level where you can look up your representative. And we need everybody out there to contact your representatives in Congress, your, your, your federal level uh, U.S. representative and your U.S. state, uh, your U.S. senator in Mm -hmm. Congress at D.C. And demand that they subpoena Dr. William Thompson, the CDC whistleblower. It is going to take a huge push of parents and outraged citizens contacting their representatives and demanding this, and and it will happen. What yep. we need is we need Dr. William Thompson to be subpoenaed, and I would even take it a little bit further and say we need um, all of the criminals behind this scheme to be brought in to testify before Congress. That includes Julie Gerberding, who mm-hmm. was the head of the CDC, who who knew about this because uh, Dr. Thompson had, had gone over the heads of his superiors and went straight to the top, tell her, I, get, I, I got to report what I'm finding here. I've got to. And, you know, instead of being, you know, appreciated for the hard work that he was doing in uncovering this um, answer, which was that autism does, is in some cases caused by autism, mm-hmm. um, he was 
shut down, told he was being insubordinate, and but he told Julie Gerberding, there's a problem with this MMR vaccine, because she knew. And the fact that she's working at Merck as a, uh, the head of their vaccine department there. Shocker. At multi-million dollars. She just cashed in uh, 35,000 uh, 35, shares of Merck stock for like $2.3 million. This woman is a criminal. She is complicit. So she yep. protects Merck. She protects Merck and makes sure that a fraudulent study comes out that exonerates Merck for their MMR vaccine. And then she takes a nice push, multi-million dollar job with Merck. It happens more times than not. And we've, we've seen it with almost every lobbyist under the sun and everybody in power positions. It's the revolving door of... Absolutely. Uh, it's the revolving door of corporatism, as um, as Benito Mussolini called it, but better known to us in the United States as fascism, the mixture of government and corporate powers together to combine and squash the public. So, uh, Tia, thank you so much for your, for your time and efforts. I look forward to seeing you down at the film this weekend. Uh, message me. Let me know when you're going to be there. I'm going to show up to one of these screenings. I have got to meet Del Bigtree in uh, in person. What a fabulous human being, Doctor Wakefield. The same same can be said about him. Way to keep your nose to the grindstone. And um, I want to say, lastly, congratulations to you. You kept your eye on the prize and you got it done. And you reached out to everybody at all times. And I just want to say thank you to you for bringing this film here, and I look forward to it being a huge success. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Well, thank you very much, Jake. Jake, take uh, it easy. You got it. Well, that's it for the show, everyone. Um, what a great, passionate interview with um, people that are just out there trying to tell the truth, trying to get you to pay attention to things that are going on outside of the world of our scope. So. Remember, as we say here at the We Are Not Cattle Radio, get a friend, get informed, and get involved, and also rise above the rhetoric. So peace, love, and liberty. We will see you next time.